You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. Episode of I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek podcast. It's Chief Petty Officer Anthony Lewis along with the Fleet Admiral Ben Knight. Ben, how are you? Tired of Brexit. <laughs> I'm sorry for bringing it up before we recorded. Yeah, uh, I, I was quite cheerful uh, until you mentioned that um, off air, and, and yes, I just don't know. So I'm just, every time that an argument breaks out, like on the scoring on this, I'm just going to interrupt by saying, "Order!" <laughs> <laughs> when when the plot's getting out of hand. Uh, and uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Commander uh, Aurora Bubaloo, or Chief Science Officer Aurora, mm-hmm. what does the science tell you about this week's episode of Star Trek? Uh, I mean, listen, I am being very cautious with everything because we're co- we're close to April Fool's Day. I don't trust anything. <laughs> like, who knows what they're going to give us <laughs> yes. next week? Um, that's right. <laughs> I'm I'm going to be home alone with a small child who is. Really, really happy that it's going to be April Fool's tomorrow. Oh, good luck. And mom is going to be at work all day, like starting Uh-oh. in the morning, which means I'm going to be the, uh, I'm going to be at the brunt of each and every April Fool's joke thing. Mm-hmm. It's the life of a parent, you guys. <laughs> I'm just thinking, I've got a, a jury going out tomorrow. I really hope they don't return a verdict before midday tomorrow. <laughs> oh, April Fool's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I uh, got you guys. We didn't think he's really guilty. He's innocent. Let him go. <laughs> you thought you were going to go to jail for the rest of your life. Look at the look on his face. Psych. Yes. Psych. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, Star Trek Discovery season two, episode eleven, uh, Perpetual Infinity. I'll try to get through everything that happened in here. A lot happens, everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, basically, they're able to download a bunch of logs from the Red Angel suit, and Michael is poring over them. And uh, we find out, essentially, what happened to Michael's, at least her mother. We still don't really know what happened to her father. Presumed killed. Uh, her father, incidentally, just random tangent already. Mm-hmm. Uh, her father in this is played by her real-life husband. Really? Yeah. That's just Hmm. sitting on the couch stuff right there, everybody. (laughs) And kind of messed up. Put your feet up. It's a little strange. Uh, (laughs) So when Burnham's Burnham's parents' lab is attacked by Klingon years ago, Michael's mother donned the time travel suit, the Red Angel suit, 
to go back in time an hour to warn them of the attack. Uh, but she beeped when she should have booped, I guess, and instead of arriving one hour in the past, uh, just a bit outside with her calculations, she ends up 950 years in the future. Oops. Mm-hmm. Just a tiny miscalculation Tiny, there. tiny, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Marty McFly and Doc Brown made it look so easy. It's not, you guys. It's really difficult. It's, it, is more, it is more Doctor Who in that sense. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, and she finds that all sentient life uh, has been destroyed by control, this artificial intelligence that we just now learned of its existence in all of Star Trek history. Uh, control is an asshole, the other thing we have learned about. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tethering herself to a nearby planet somehow, Dr. Burnham made over 840 attempts to change the future. Well, her future, not the future she's currently living in, uh, the future that would have been hers had she stayed 950 years in the past. Uh, I'm already confused. Uh, So she made 840 attempts to change that future, including moving humans to her planet, Terralysium, to test how she can change history, trying to stop control from gaining the sphere's data. Dr. Burnham was responsible for it crossing paths with Discovery, we've also learned, hoping that maybe Discovery could keep the data safe. Uh, now the Discovery crew plans to upload the data into the suit to send it into the future where Control cannot ask, access it somehow, for some reason, while keeping <laughs> Dr. Burnham in the present. Uh, right. But a Control-possessed Leland... Apparently he's not dead, you guys. When he got stabbed through the eye, we all thought he was dead. Apparently uh, just a flesh wound. He was He was fine. Uh, but then control like Borg nanotubed itself into Leland and launched a bunch of, I'm going to call them Ben nanoprobes. Uh, well, and, and immediately before doing so said words to the effect of resistance is futile. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he intercepts and downloads their data. Well, at least some of it, not all of it. He gets about 50 something percent of the data. Uh, Giorgio and Tyler confront Leland with Tyler gravely injured but able to warn Discovery. The crew is forced to cut transmission short and release Dr. Burnham back to the future. Cue that music. Uh, With the suit now damaged, uh, meaning she is stuck there. Also, Control Leland escapes with uh, half of the sphere data. Ben, what did you make of this jumbled episode? Whew. Uh, there was a lot to chew on in there, wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, it actually the... helped to, to listen to it back again. <laughs> it did. <laughs> I, not me. Like, I'm pretty sure I knew what happened in this episode until I read what happened. And now I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, trying to unpick that plot is um, a mad game. So I'm probably not going to try and do that. I thought this was, other than the fact that, you know, there was a lot of plot in here. There were lots of really nice um, set pieces. Uh, so there were um, some great little scenes between uh, Giorgio and Tyler, for example, um, which was a, a sort of chemistry we haven't yet really seen. Um, I liked the fact that we saw just a little bit less of Tilly and Saru this time. And, um, you know, we just got to see... Uh, 
well, first of all, um, obviously Burnham's mum, who is a badass. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her; she's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But for me, really, once I saw um, uh, Nanites and uh, the, I'm, I'm actually trying to find the line that was remarkably similar to Resistance is futile, uh, and I can't find it. Um, Don't the, bother resisting, Leland. It's pointless. It, That'll do, yeah. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) if that isn't foreshadowing, I do not know what is. (laughs) Mm. Um, I think the, you know, that's either another bit of trolling by them, in which case, bravo, Star Trek, well done. Um, (laughs) Or we are seeing the the origin of the Borg. Uh, The, uh, do you know, that was kind of the the bomb that dropped for me. As soon as I saw that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm into now whatever happens. We said on this show in season one I think that sooner or later we'd see the origin of the Borg and yeah. I'm kind of pleased that it's just season two to start seeing that mm-hmm. um, also it had the added bonus of making Leyland who is a pretty dull character actually rather more interesting I thought mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it was nice to see Hugh uh, back in, in work um, I was worried he was going to start malingering uh, so they did kind of just know, throw was... it away right that, that like he's back in Starfleet now yeah, yeah. He's just like, like hey. hey, I I re-signed up or something, or they reinstated me. Yeah. Just in just, case everyone's yeah. wondering why I'm wearing the uniform. Here it is. <laughs> well, a former chief medical officer. Um, yeah, she's, uh, she's on the other shift, maybe? Yeah. yeah, she's on the other shift. Yeah, why not? Chief medical officers um, work in the late shift. <laughs> yeah, you know, it can happen. You know, medic, medic's hours are awful. Um, sure. So, yeah, I mean, without picking through all of the plot, for me, just as I say, the, the, the big kind of holy crap moment was was the clear Borg foreshadowing slash epic level trollery. Um, I thought the scenes between Burnham and her mother uh, were quite a roller coaster, and they could have been awful. Uh, but they were they were excellent. And the, but but the strongest scene of the whole show in terms of the the soap opera that is that particular strand of discovery was the conversation between um, uh, Burnham's mum and Georgiou, mm-hmm. um, her surrogate space mummy from a different dimension. Yes, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, look, they can say time crystal. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, I, and that that was just an epic scene. The mm. thing it's left me wondering though is. Um, why is Control such a douchebag? So I don't understand at this stage what Control's fucking childhood trauma is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's the thing about AI, isn't it? You know, Skynet, oh, boo-hoo, I'm going to kill everyone. Um, control, I'm gonna Very kill whiny, everyone. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really sure why all AIs want to, in the words of um, the greatest of all AIs, Bender, kill all humans but they clearly <laughs> all do want to kill all humans and all the other races in the galaxy that's right um i don't i didn't like the science of this episode by the way but i've just thought meh go with it uh, the science in particular i didn't like was the the whole anchoring idea and um and how that all came about it, it, i know they've explained it and they even tried to circle back to explain it a bit more but it it just makes no sense Hmm. Uh, which is problematic because Star Trek fans like internal consistency in in their science, and eh, I wasn't really feeling that. Um, but of course, Spock, uh, as we know uh, from this episode, does like science, um, which he used as a line <laughs> to underscore the fact that the previous 
I don't know what three pages of the script made no sense at all. Um, so that was fun. But yeah, this this was a I I was just a little roller coaster ride of fun, and I loved every second of it. Even though I possibly need to rewatch it a few times just to mm-hmm. try and get all the bits I missed. Control's just trying to tell all sentient life to kiss its shiny metal ass. That's all you're saying, Ben. <laughs> yeah, and then it's going to go around cheesing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I want to go watch some Futurama after this, yeah, actually. Uh, Aurora, what did you think of Perpetual Infinity? I mean, I agree with Ben. I really liked it. I did have to rewind a few times just to like make sure I understood what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, in a sense, if this to me, and we mentioned this earlier. I mean, this felt to me like a, like a Doctor Who episode. Mm. Yeah, more than a Star Trek episode. That, didn't it? Yeah, because in Doctor Who, like you don't question the science in Doctor Who. Doesn't it make any sense? No, <laughs> time you want, right? Um, and that's you know why this felt so so much like Doctor Who because he was like, what? It was fun, but it was like, what? What's happening? And now I'll set uh, this to go back one hour, and there we go. <laughs> what, 950 years of the future? <laughs> Where are the cat aliens who work in a hospital? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> um, I really liked, uh, like Ben said, the, the scene between Giorgio and Dr. Burnham. Um, but I also liked the scene between uh, Burnham and her mom, where she's saying, you know, I saw you graduate. I saw you, you know, read. Alice in Wonderland to me and your father. Mm-hmm. Like I saw all of that. That was really good acting from both of them. And I really, like I teared up a little bit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in that one. Um, and I also thought that, I mean, I, I, I liked that, but at the same time, I was a little bit annoying with Michael Burnham in this episode, because I understand the shock of, you know, funny now that your mom is alive, finding yeah. now that your mom has been stuck in this loop. Um, but I feel like she, her mom tried to explain to her multiple times her plan and Michael Burnham did not care. She wanted to do whatever she wanted Mm. to do. And uh, that to me was a little bit annoying. Um, but she did explain like that everything was like the highest possible stakes it could conceivably be. And both her and Pike were like, yeah, but like, yeah, but yeah, else. (laughs) I mean, you would think that the person that has gone through this 800 sometimes knows what she's talking knows about. Knows a thing or two about a thing or two. <laughs> and I think they were Captain like, no, Pike no. would vote for Brexit. <laughs> I think he would. He's very much a shoot first and ask questions later kind of guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that cowboy diplomacy we've heard so much about. In but I've seen your future, Pike, and you would not like it. Oh, I love that line. <laughs> yeah, I'm yes. like, uh, it's like, oh, man, she saw him in a wheelchair using beeps and boops to talk to people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he is not going to like it. He's going to be so pissed when he finds out that they can't give him, like, they give him, like, super low-tech wheelchair technology. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, mind imagine... you, it's going to save, because otherwise they, they might have to actually finally buy him the right size trousers. <laughs> I mean, just imagine having someone from the future tell you, you will not like your future. You know, it's, it's... That will terrify me. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because Pike voted for Tellerite Brexit, I think. <laughs> And they're just like, nobody likes him at that stage in the Star Trek timeline. And they're like, when he ends up in that wheelchair, they're just like, give him the worst wheelchair we've got. <laughs> Did you see that there was a um, Starfleet issue wheelchair in this episode? There is. Yeah, there is. A, yeah. yeah. There is somebody who is in a wheelchair, which is awesome, yeah. actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Aurora, continue if if you have more to add. I apologize. Uh, no, the the other only thing that I was going to add was I I also like the final scene where Spock is saying, you know, you can you, you basically he said you can know everything about the future, but you know it doesn't matter because we're in the present. We can do whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. I like that a lot as well. So I like the episode overall. It's just you know I cannot take it too seriously. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I take it too seriously, I might not enjoy it as much. So I, I just took it as it was. And yeah, it was good. I am torn because I liked a lot of individual scene like, acting moments. Uh, I liked the stuff with uh, Giorgio and Mama Burnham. And I liked the mm-hmm. stuff with Michael and her mother. Uh, I will maintain that no one can emote sadness better than Sonequa Martin-Green. She always mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. like she's about to just come undone with sadness. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's really incredible. She is on the borderline of it being comical, actually, because she's so good at it that you just yeah. kind of want to uncomfortably laugh at it to diffuse the tension. <laughs> she she cries like me. She does ugly crying. She yeah. She looks so <laughs> sad. Yes. Um, and I actually liked the Spock moment. The joke, essentially a joke. Uh, in this episode, because it to me it harkened back to the last time uh, Stamets and company signs the shit out of something, and Tilly's like "fuck yeah" or whatever she said. Uh, that mm-hmm. got a bunch of Star Trek fans upset because they said "fuck." Uh, but essentially, the same thing happened here. Where they and by the way, I do remember now what the I I don't understand the science behind it, obviously, but I get what they were going for here. The the thing with putting the data in the suit and sending it into the future so control can't get to it I, I do believe they also mentioned putting the suit in a perpetual infinite thus the title uh a loop where control would essentially just be chasing it forever but it could never get it like the suit mm-hmm. would travel and control would follow it but then it would you know, it would snap back to where it Which, was. Which paradoxically would give reason for control to be an asshole because that would piss me right off. It would get it yeah. would get me mad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But they they science the shit out of it, and Spock just goes, "I like science," like all deadpanned, <laughs> and I laughed harder than I should have <laughs> at it. Are you enjoying his performance as Spock now? Uh, for the most part, yeah. I you know what it was with that joke. I think it's because I think he was also staring right at the camera. Yeah, because it was just like it was almost it was almost fourth wall breaking. I mean, he was looking mm-hmm. at the camera, but yeah, the fact that he was just so deadpan. I like science. Uh, <laughs> <it was> just, <laughs> I don't know what it was, but it was funny to me. But the rest of this shit, you guys, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like this. I don't like control. I don't even know what this thing is. I don't know why. They said they that Anthony snapped. I can't. Yeah. I can't believe <laughs> this far. No further. That's right. Thank you. Give me some little spaceships to smash. Uh, I'm. I'm really upset. Uh, I'm not that upset, but I. I do have to finally say after waiting uh, for eleven episodes because I was like, you know what? I don't really care that much about this Spock Burnham relationship which by the way has turned into something way better than whatever the red angel stuff was that i was looking forward to Hmm. um Mm. i i mean i'm not saying it's great you guys i'm just saying i like it better (laughs) 
<laughs> than the Red Angel story, which turned out to be Michael's mom, who's really bad at time travel, even though she was working on this time travel suit for Section 31. But I guess she's really awful at it. Well, how good's your temporal mechanic? <laughs> well, look, not as good as hers, and she still... Wow, everyone's a critic, huh? I mean, mine aren't even close to as good as hers, and she still ended up 950 years in the future mm-hmm. when trying to go back in time one hour. That's rough. I mean, literally, when I, when I heard that, I was like, that sounds like hell. That sounds yeah. like what hell will be like. Look, if, if a... If a professional footballer, Ben, or you know what, better yet, because you, you don't follow football. If a if a professional ice hockey player, mm-hmm. a professional, like let's just say Wayne Gretzky, like an all time great. Okay, we're going all out here, right? Yeah, he, let's, he comes. Let's see how this, let's see how this goes. Yep. He comes out there intending to score a hat trick. Right. He's got two goals. He's going to get mm-hmm. a third. But instead of coming out with a hockey stick, he comes out with a pool noodle instead and fails miserably he will be mocked nobody will say well let's see you go out there with a pool noodle and try to score a goal they'll say no he's wayne gretzky he should have got that goal if he well, brought he a should stick have got it even with the pool noodle because a bad, a bad workman always blames his tools <laughs> so i'm just saying she yeah. is she should be rightfully mocked here she was she's awful at time travel um but look i uh, hey hey you 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 suck at time travel that's yeah. right <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, it, it, in all seriousness, I honestly, I, I don't really kind of care for the AI gone mad story they're doing here uh, with control. I'm also, I guess, I'm sort of not super huge on them. They're like, look, we've got to, we got to really raise the stakes. How about all sentient life in the galaxy will be destroyed? Where do you go from there for stakes? Yeah. You you can't go any higher than all sentient life is gone. I mean, unless you do something that's like, not only will it destroy all sentient life, but it will also destroy all of the planets and stuff, which you wouldn't care about because as a sentient life form, you'd already be gone. But but you do understand that 54% of data mm-hmm. would, um, that, that doesn't look like the entire end of uh, existence as we know it. It ends up as um, a small group of, uh, cyborgs in a very distant corner of the galaxy, mm-hmm. gradually trying to destroy the, the universe one species at a time. Yeah. Uh, mm. I'm uh, if this turns if the the thing with Control Leland turns out to be a, a Borg origin story. Although honestly, I don't think they're going to touch that. I think they're going to leave it vague. I think they're going to leave mm-hmm. it up to interpretation. I don't think they're going to come out and say. But they had the green Borg. little lights on them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it looked a lot like it, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if that's what they end up doing, at least uh, they have, you know, written in an origin story uh, for uh, beloved villains in the franchise's uh, history. Uh, well, uh, beloved at one point, and then some people would argue that they overuse them or whatever, but mm. whatever. Uh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm kind of okay with that, but boy, I. Yeah, I just can't get into this whole, uh, you know, as Ben has lovingly called it many times, uh, this Star Trek Skynet thing. Mm-hmm. I, I just kind of don't but, care. But hang on, maybe we just don't understand Control's motivation yet because yeah, we've still got two more episodes That's right. to go. That's right. I'm... Uh, even though, like every fan media site um, 
that I could find the other day when I was trying to look something up for this, uh, almost all of them said that that episode was the season finale, and then almost all of them have had to publish corrections saying, oh yeah, except for the next two episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Minus I'm not quite those, sure what minus there, but... Yeah, so I am yeah. not I am I am not prepared with two episodes remaining to come out and state that uh this is awful. I'm just stating that up until this point without further context, I'm not a fan of this. Uh but okay. maybe with maybe with the extra added context, because they are uh telling this story as an arc, these aren't self contained episodes. Um, mm-hmm. there is of course going to be some missing context. Uh, maybe in the next two episodes, things will get filled in where I'm like, Oh, now the pieces come together. This makes more sense to me. Or, you know, uh, maybe it'll, maybe it'll make me like it a bit more, but we'll see. Maybe, so maybe it will blow your mind, Anthony. Maybe it will. <laughs> maybe it will. if you could pick any strand, so let's imagine that was the season finale. Mm-hmm. If you could pick any strand of these first two seasons that you would like to see them extract and and use that as the basis for something going forward, what do you think it might be? Oh my god! Uh, honestly, not much really sticks out to me. Like I think this is a good show, um, but I think only two seasons in so far. I'm not as heavily invested in characters like, you know, like say next gen where you had seven years and then all the time Mm -hmm. after next gen ended to rewatch next gen, uh, to become further invested in those characters. Uh, Mm -hmm. so far for me, the show is just that it's, it's a good show. Uh, but nothing particularly sticks out where I'm like, I'd, I'd like to see them follow that up a little bit more. Uh, cause I'm, yeah, I'm just not, I'm just not there yet. I mean, I'm all about Tilly, so... Oh, she wants mm-hmm. the expand <laughs> expand the Tilly-verse. Yes. Well, I'll, tell you why, I'll tell you why I ask. I was having a conversation with somebody uh, the other night about it, and they were saying, yeah, this has all been an interesting experiment in sort of big arc stories, and it's kind of taking the DS9 approach to it a step further and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the they said, I said, well, you know, what's the itch it's not scratching for you? After a lot of consideration, the answer was basically... I kind of want to know what else is happening on Discovery. And, you know, okay, we keep seeing this bridge crew and we know a bit about some of them now and mm-hmm. uh, kind of, you know, what else is going on on there? Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're saying, you know, it's kind of hard to remember. So, okay, we know who their chief engineer is, but only thing we've ever seen in engineering is, is kind of drama going on or um, or weird spore drive stuff. We've not really seen kind of... We don't know Discovery as a I don't even think we've seen... Ship. Have yeah. we even seen the engine room? We've not, as such, we've no, seen the science no. lab that's auxiliary to the engineering, uh, you know, yeah. which is weird. So it's, I, I, I kind of agree with it. I, I was thinking is, about it. Cause... Who is the chief engineer? It's not Stamets, is it? He's not the chief engineer. No, I, I think he is listed he as is? the chief engineer on the ship on the ship complement. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Which is, mm, I mean, I okay, weird, I but he doesn't seem to always behave in that I mean regard. the fact that we are the fact that we are not sure it's yeah <laughs> yeah he is noble on a tourist what we're all saying here um no these yeah. are I, I, yeah these are all important factors I think in, in a Star Trek show you know weird well, but the reason the reason is though is that people were sort of saying you know when before season one started they're saying this isn't going to be about the captain this isn't going to be the usual Star Trek model in that um okay fine so it's it the focus is predominantly on uh, on Burnham we can live with that um but then Burnham is interacting only at kind of like peak high level drama with the captain and admirals and um empresses and, and you know, all of all of that. Yeah. 
she's really interacting. These kind of little mini scenes we've had um, where we've seen interaction between other members of the crew mm-hmm. have kind of left me thinking, oh, okay, so all right, they know they oh, they, they get on with that person, do they? Right, okay. And I, I am beginning to wonder if, I don't know if it's a touch of Star Trek nostalgia that's making me think, I just want to see a little bit less grand story arc and a bit more, you know, even just intersperse some episodes of, hey, look, you know, here's just the kind of normal stuff that goes on on the ship type yeah, episode. Yeah. Burnham um, is that's, isolated Burnham. like a yeah. captain would be, but she's not the captain. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be rare to see Picard hanging out with Geordi or Worf. Like, they would on missions or if they were stuck together, but, like, in their leisurely time, like, it would kind of be, you know, not his place to just go hang out with them and have fun. You'd see, like, Geordi mm-hmm. hanging out with Worf or Data or Riker or whatever, but Burnham feels, exactly. Burnham feels like the captain who isn't the captain. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, exactly that. Also, I'm really fuzzy on the command structure on that bridge at the moment oh. in terms of Saru and Burnham. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. I, they don't yeah. seem to be entirely sure. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> just making it up as they yeah. go. I just, I don't know. I do, and maybe that's because maybe it's not quite as formulaic at that point. And you know, maybe you know, this, in, in, maybe in Federation's this, history and maybe this sloppiness is why Pike ended up making such a cataclysmic mistake that wound him <laughs> up in a, a absolutely awful wheelchair. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe he's just not particularly great at uh, running. You know that episode in the cage. He said, "You know, I'm sick of uh, deciding who's going to live and who's going to die." Maybe he really took that to heart, and he's just like, ah, "I'm done deciding things. You guys just do whatever." <laughs> I mean, think, well, he's got a, a resident admiral on his, on his ship, so that's yeah. You know, that's just... He's like, "You guys have to call me captain, but I'm not really just you know." <laughs> call me Chris. Yeah, you guys... oh, sea dog, <laughs> sea dog. <laughs> I'm just just trying it. No, this is this is your guy's ship. Okay, you've been here longer than me. You guys, you tell me what to do, and I'll just pretend it was my idea. Okay, right, right. (laughs) Um, okay. So Ben, any final thoughts on Perpetual Infinity? (laughs) And what would you give it? Uh, Oh, cracky! What would I give it? Um, do you know what? This is going to be an anomalous score because. It it probably doesn't deserve this score, but I'm going to give it um, uh, four and a half. I nearly went four and three quarters. I've not. I, I, the reason I've gone that high with it is because of the buzz that I got from um, those scenes that I've mentioned, not just the Borg one, but obviously the Shorsho and um, mm-hmm. Burnham's one and everything. Um, I suspect if I were to regrade this at some point in the future, having watched you know how many seasons of Discovery are to come. I suspect it would get nowhere near that score from me. But the first viewing of this, even with all the things that are kind of messed up in it, I, yeah, it felt it felt like a four and a half, and I realized that that is probably wrong. Okay. Wow. Okay. Uh, Aurora, your final thoughts and score for episode eleven. Um, I gave it a four. Okay. Yeah, it was good. Uh, it was not the best episode so far, but it it was okay. It was good. Okay. Uh, I've been feeling a little bit of peer pressure here because of the stories <laughs> you guys gave this. Be honest. Uh, be honest, Anthony. So I've... I've given it to two worst episode <laughs> ever. No, I, I bumped... Not score. I bumped up my score ever so slightly to a very soft three. Okay. Oh, wow. I, I like... Okay. I, as I mentioned, I like some of the actual one-on-one acting moments in this. 
but for the overall story that's going on here, I'm not a fan. Uh, I did toy with doing like two and three quarters, but I'm like, nah, the, but the acting stuff was very good. Um, oh. It's a very good cast, and they tried very hard with material that I'm I'm just not behind at the moment, which <laughs> no one is more stunned than I, as a massive Star Trek fan, to be like, eh, it's all right. I know there are episodes <laughs> of Star Trek that are, are not good. I'm aware of that. But as a whole, I genuinely enjoy all of Star Trek, uh, generally speaking. So it's always tough for me to see an episode and be like, oh, I'm not feeling it. Uh, it's weird. It's a really weird feeling, but I've uh, just got to go with what I feel, you guys. Uh, all right, so before we sign off, uh, let's thank the good people of Adam Tickets for sponsoring the show. CinemaGeekly.com slash Adam Tickets. Click the Adam Tickets link at the top of the page uh, to pick yourself up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life. And uh, while you're hanging out at the website, uh, you can find the archives of this show, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast. Hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can hear us come back next time and talk about Star Trek Discovery Season 2, Episode 12, called Through the Valley of Shadows. 